Hello, everybody. It's the Ed and Bob Show. We are glad to be back for this is our third episode of Opening America. So Opening America number three, we're trying to get the United States back to normal. We're trying to get Tennessee back to normal. We're trying to get the world back to normal and also right here where we live in East Tennessee. So Glad to be here. This is, uh, I'm Bob. Uh, we'll hear from Ed in just a moment. My wife's helping me out on this episode. How are you, dear? I am wonderful. Thank you very much. Glad to have you here. So it's going to be fun. So stay with us. The Ed and Bob Show, opening America number three. Ed, how are you doing, sir? Hello, Bob. Hello, everybody. How are you doing in this transitional world that we're living in now? Well, things are going pretty well here at the Brantley household. Sunshine's nice. We're healthy. That's good. And uh, I think everything's going to be okay for us. I hope so anyway. So uh, we're, we're going through this, getting it ready, get it through in the summer. And, and uh, we're thinking about whether, are we going to go on vacation this year? And, you know, take the family. What are we going to do? Are we going to get a cabin? Are we going to go to the beach? Are we going, not going to do anything? So that's kind of the decisions that we're looking at. And we haven't really made a decision yet because we don't know what's going to happen. I know one thing. I'm not getting on an airplane. That's for sure. So we'll see what's going on. So that's how things are going with us. And, Bob, what's going on with you? Thanks, Ed. Glad to have you here. Well, what's going on at the Thomas House? we got a lot of stuff going on here. You know, this is day number 77 since so we really you know started spending all our time at the house and working out of the house and uh, dealing with things here, not that we don't go out and things like that, but I mean seventy seven days that we've really been focused on uh, trying to avoid crowds and so forth and wearing masks and wearing gloves and all that, but we are uh, surviving, and we are. Uh, it's weird because uh, we kind of plan ourselves around what we're going to do for dinner, right? Yes, it's kind of like when you're on vacation and you're having breakfast and you're like, what are we doing for lunch and where are we having dinner? And that is the big event when you are sequestering yourself or isolating yourself or trying to stay home as much as possible. Yeah, and, that, and uh, something else we've added to our household in these last 77 days, it's only in the last week, though, we added a new member of the household. Uh, my wife gave birth to, <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't that. We we did what? We adopted a shelter puppy. That's what it was. Yeah, okay. we did. Her name is Roxy, and she is now uh, 11 weeks old, and she weighs eight pounds. And what she is, we do not know. And so everyone is trying to like take a guess at what she might be. So we sent off for the Embark, the DNA, yeah, yeah. and I did that one week ago. And uh, they said it would be a couple of weeks before we would find out. Okay, well, that's going to be exciting. But she's, you know, she's the perfect dog. She gets up three or four times a night. She <laughs> poops in the house. We've been on our knees cleaning up uh, pee for a uh, hundred times already. But I think that's all part of getting a new puppy. So, uh, but do you think she's learning very quickly? I thought she was, but it was because we were taking her out 50 times a day, and then she comes in and does her business. But, you know, that's why they say you have your children young, and uh, maybe we've uh, right at that line of getting a puppy, but we had not had a puppy in 16 years, so we have a puppy. So we've got that going on, and let's see, Ed, we're going to get into some of the stuff that... Um, uh, we're we're looking at the things this fall. We were, you know, you and I talked about on the phone a, a couple of days ago. What are the things that are coming up, and how will things be affected? 
And some of the lists that you gave me were like, number one, Knox County Schools. And I think it's going to be really weird. I don't know how they're going to handle it. I haven't heard yet. I mean, do do some of the kids go to school on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and some on Tuesday, Thursday? Do some kids learn from home? Um, I don't know how they're going to handle this, and it's going to be difficult. Or maybe, you know, in classes like the kids are split up like uh, anybody whose last name begins with an A through M, you come on these days, and uh, N through Z, uh, Z is like on those days. And I don't know how that's all going to end up, but that's way, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Knox County Schools plays out. And that's the county schools we have in the East Tennessee area where Ed and I live. Tennessee um, schools, I, I, same thing. I don't know how they'll play out. Um, uh, the college campuses, uh, here where Ed and I live at the University of Tennessee is uh, in Knoxville is the big campus. And I've heard talk, NCAA has said there's not going to be any football if there are no students. So the students have to go to school in order for there to be sports. Now, I don't know if that's the number one thing driving force of having kids, people in school. It shouldn't be, but sometimes I, we all wonder, right? So I, I don't. I, I think that uh, these college will colleges will play sports uh, this year. I may not have any people in the stands. I think that's going to be difficult. Um, but I think they're going to try to get the kids to school. What do you think, dear? What have you? I know you read ten times more than me. Well, it's such speculation across the nation, and um, right now we are. are uh, you know, you, you're recording this on May the twenty eighth, right? And I don't think they're going to be making any decisions for several weeks or perhaps a month. And right now it's all speculation, but it's as you said. How are you going to take a group of students and get them separated? And this isn't going to go away anytime soon. So um, I don't know. But as you said, if if the kids aren't in school, you're not going to be able to play sports. Well, and I think you're you're right. It's it's probably going to be months before a decision is made. I heard somebody tell us the other day that whether or not there will be football this fall in college campuses could very likely be uh, almost game time before a decision is made. And the same thing for college basketball. That's indoors, and that's even closer. But are they practicing? You know, it's only practice. Well, I think they are. uh, the, The athletes are um, able to come back to school to to start some sort of practicing. I didn't I don't know, know how that. that out. So I was I was curious about that because if if it's going to be such on the wire of when they make this just this decision to see where the data leads them, the science leads them, the medicine leads them, um, and if it's a quick decision, you can't just all of a sudden have okay, we're going to play football. Okay. Also on this list, summer vacations. You know, I was concerned about this whether people would actually. Uh, go on summer vacation, and if they do, uh, I, I thought, well, we'll, you know, I told my wife, I said, uh, dear, I said, you know, maybe we'll check about going to the beach for the weekend or somewhere for the weekend, and she said, oh, I'm sure there's plenty of availability. I checked, and some of the places at the beaches are already booked through next October, so I think summer vacations are going to happen one way or another, and we're going to find out from Ed about what they're going to do. But the beaches are already booked. For the people that have vacation rental places and thinking they were in trouble, they're packed. They're absolutely packed. And then, you know, we've got Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's headed our way. And that's going to be a wait-and-kind-of-seat thing because 
just in this last week, in the last few days here where we, Ed and I live, we had a red flag, as they ca- are calling it, where there are more, uh, they add the, there's been a spike in the outbreaks of coronavirus. So I think that's going to affect how Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's will play out. And the same with, with pro sports. You know, you've got professional football and professional basketball, Ed, and I think, you know, there is so much money involved there that um, they're going to have to play, but they may not play in front of people or may may play in front of limited crowds or something like that. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together. Um, and uh, I'm anxious to hear how Ed is going to look at all these topics, Ed. So uh, what do you think? How will everything be affected? Well, Bob, I don't know exactly how all this is going to go because it changes from day to day. But, you know, it, all this uh, sports is going to be very important this fall for high schools, for colleges, for pros and everything else. And the Knox County schools, I think they're going to be affected. That's for sure. So it, it um, I think, I think Knox County schools will have to separate the desk in the classrooms six feet or whatever and and uh, and not have uh, groups getting together the uh, and same thing for the Tennessee schools you know all across the state I don't know the thing that surprises me is there's no certain thing that the governor or the mayor or anyone says one of one person will want to open everything up and say there's no problem somebody else will want to close things down. So, but NCAA football, I just can't see Neyland Stadium. You know, those seats are so small. I think they're they're smaller than an airplane seat. I think it's about fourteen to sixteen inches wide. So, uh, I just can't see everybody packed in there in UT football. But who knows? You know, and same thing for college basketball too. If it doesn't clear up by then, and I don't think it will, because they're not they're not saying anything's going to happen anytime soon. So that's going to be unfortunate. Because this might be a good year for UT football. It looks like we've got some pretty good players, and this is going to be unfortunate if we don't get to play. Also for basketball, too. And summer vacations, well, just like I just said, you know, we we don't know what we're going to do for a summer vacation if we're going to have one. Uh, Part of the family wants to go have one. Part of the family does not. We normally do our vacations together, take the kids and the grandkids, and everybody goes together. So anyway, we've had suggestions of getting a cabin this year and uh, not not traveling so far. You know, we normally go to the beach or or uh, down in South Carolina and uh, or Florida. So it, it it might just stay close to home this time for summer vacation. I saw where Dollywood's going to be opening up pretty soon. We'll talk about that too. Well, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. Thanksgiving will be okay. I think, uh, you know, it'll be okay to have our Thanksgiving. Christmas is going to be okay. New Year's is going to be okay. And uh, as far as, uh, I mean, it's going to be okay because we're going to be just, it's just going to be family. We don't go out a lot on New Year's Eve. We don't go out a lot on Christmas. And um, since I'm not on commission anymore and I'm not running around with Bob Thomas on, on parades, I don't have to do Christmas parades, so I don't have to worry about that either. So that works out pretty good. It's it's uh, it's going to be okay, I think. Uh, pro sports are going to be tough. And, and you know, they, they have to do something because they got so much money involved in that. 
They have to do something. So, well, that's the latest on my world. Bob, what's the latest in the news? You know, in the news, a lot of things I've been reading about, and uh, my wife's going to help me here because she reads the news even more in depth than I do. This story in Minneapolis about this George Floyd, uh, I, you know, and I saw the uh, video of the police officer with his knee on the neck of that uh, uh, man who had been uh, uh, what accused of pass- passing maybe a uh, counterfeit uh, dollar or $20 bill or something like that. But, um, the, you know, the, the thing that really comes to my mind that, you know, you you back authority, back the blue, back uh, the military, and so forth. But there's one thing that every person with power has to remember. The moment you take another person's freedom or liberty, like, you know, if somebody's arrested, handcuffed, whatever, I, I do believe the moment you take a person's freedom that puts a tremendous amount of responsibility on you. And you really, in essence, become responsible for that person. Because if they are now helpless and handcuffed, you you do have a responsibility for their health and well-being. And um, I'm a big, you know, police brutality, authority brutality, authority, uh, anybody abuses power, that runs through me. I don't like that. I'm not judging anybody yet. I'm going to let the uh, authorities do that. But when somebody is arrested and you take somebody's liberty, take somebody's freedom, it's a tremendous amount of responsibility, and every person of authority has to take that uh, into consideration before they put on the badge or become a, a, a military in the military or whatever it's a great responsibility um, so it cannot be abused and certainly I wouldn't think that anybody that's in uh, um, that's been arrested or, or being confined or whatever should then at that point um, if they are not doing anything else if they're completely resisting they're not uh, fighting, they're not taking somebody's weapon or whatever, that they um, should be able to breathe and live. So it's been disturbing. I mean, you saw that news story, right, dear? I did, and that was very well spoken, what you just said, because it is the responsibility, and once someone's liberty has been taken, you you need to take the responsibility for that person and f- to have a person lying there handcuffed going, I can't breathe, please, please, I can't breathe. Um, you already have them constrained. Yeah, it's it's so. I mean, it's a terrible situation, and Minneapolis has been on fire, and and, uh, and hopefully they'll have some restraint there. Um, we just you, you can't do that. I mean, we need to get that fixed. So, other things in the news, I see where Trump and Twitter are now at odds because he's using he is you know the thing about Twitter is he saw that as advantage to go outside of the media straight to the people and it's really worked very well for them, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. Um, it's surprising that they're they're at odds because he takes Twitter and he blows it up every day. 
And the presidential election is going on. It's not. It's coming up in November. So here we are, um, May twenty eighth. So you got June, July, August, September, October, and then it's there. So five months. You're going to have a presidential election, and um, I don't see. I mean, um, you know, Biden is the um, supposed um, presumptive, uh, presumptive uh, nominee for the Democrats. And I don't know if there's going to be some independence in there. I'm sure there will be. But um, am I right or wrong? I, I, Biden seems to be imploding, and yet CNN puts out uh, uh, surveys that says he'll easily win. Yes, but way down in those art- articles, it'll say they have um, interviewed ninety-two percent Demo- Democrats, six wow. percent um, Independents, and two percent Republican. So yeah, Biden's always going to come out ahead. But yeah, he does seem to be imploding. But if you look at a lot of the news outlets, they're going to uh, tout him. Yeah, you know, and no matter. What the election is, historically, incumbents are very difficult uh, to beat unless they really do something incredibly bad. So anyway, that's kind of look at the, some of the news items here, Ed. I know you're always the pro at looking at the news. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of uh, things you're going to take a look at and uh, give us the update on. What is it? Okay, Bob, here's some news events that I have I've been checking up on, reading on and things. So, uh, you know, like out of Wyoming, they canceled Cheyenne Frontier Days and other major rodeos this summer. I, that's hard to believe, but that's what they're doing. You know, I mean, a rodeo, you're not packed in there together. Disney World's going to open July 11th for Magic Kingdom and the Animal Kingdom. The National Women's Soccer League, is, if anybody cares, is going to return in June with a Utah tournament. And uh, in Texas, a bar in Elgin, Texas, is banning masks in defiance of the guidance set by the county. And it says, due to our concern for our customers, if they feel, not think, that they need to wear a mask, they should stay home until they feel that it's safe to be in public without one. Sorry, no mask allowed. That's a sign at the Liberty Tree Tavern. And then the sign advises that to adhere to the governor's requirements limiting occupancy to 25% and six feet of social distancing between parties. So uh, there you go. California's opening has drawn some criticism, too. And, and uh, you know, the uh, we, we, we suppressed 100,000 deaths. And 2.1 million more Americans filed for unemployment, bringing the 10-week total to more than 40 million amid this virus epidemic. 40 million people. That's amazing. I don't see how they're going to... I mean, how can the country stay together? Of course, you, we, we can print all the money we need to print. You just go call the, the printer and say, print us some more money, and some, sooner or later it's going to come back to get you. So, you know, it, the social distancing measures that we, we've widely adopted through the country mostly succeeded in slowing down the virus spread. But now, since it's starting to open up, people are just going wild with it, like that pool in Arkansas where there are hundreds of people in a swimming pool. I mean, you got you got to use your, <laughs> your brains here, folks. You know, there, you, you don't have to jump in there and just say nothing's going on. I wouldn't get in that pool if there wasn't a virus with 100 people in there. Are you kidding me? 
Well, some of, some of the, the models predicting things, our workplace is going to be different. There's no doubt about that. Bob, I don't know if you're back to work at the station yet or not, or you're still working at home. But it's, it's, it's clear that large gatherings like these pro and college sporting events and concerts won't be coming back anytime soon. And uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But consider smaller assemblies like restaurants and cafes have increased restrictions in the coming months and more space between tables. And I think different parts of the country are going to be operating this differently. So uh, here, in, here in East Tennessee, I've been to a couple of restaurants and uh, nobody wore masks. And everybody was separated, but they didn't wear masks. And so it, it kind of goes different between locations, I think. Will schools be able to reopen? Well, it's more complex, especially the difficulty of keeping children at a safe distance from one another. And on college campuses, the traditional housing setup of cramped dorms is bound to face adjustments to prevent people getting all... You know, at Cal State, the California state system, the nation's largest for four-year public universities, has more than 480,000 students. And all of its fall classes are going to be online. So there won't be any any in school classes there. So uh, one more thing I want to share with you, if you got time here, let's see. Where is it? Here it is. Tom Brady is selling his modified Cadillac Escalade for $300,000. He says it became my sanctuary. Tom Brady made the move to Florida this offseason, joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but his Cadillac won't be going with him. According to a listing from Becker Automotive Design, the 42-year-old quarterback is listing his heavily modified custom 2017 Cadillac Escalade for a cool $300,000. The listing promoted Brady's old Escalade as an opportunity to own a piece of the future Hall of Famer's legacy. But the actual interior of the car is ridiculous in itself. Oversized reclining seats, desk, TV screens. The Escalade looks more like a combination of a private jet and a mobile office. It's also equipped with high-speed internet because, of course, you got to do that. But he said it wasn't easy to part with it. Parting ways with my Becker ESV won't be easy. That's what Brady says. From day one, it became my sanctuary from the outside noise. I took pride in picking out all the customizations for the ESV from the trim of the seats to the color of the rug. And his busy schedule gave him some extra minutes of the playbook in there. He made phone calls from it and with his family in there. So it helped his stress, he says. He purchased the car for $350,000, going to sell it for $300,000. I don't know if I'll pay $300,000 for Tom Brady's SUV, but maybe that could be the Ed and Bob uh, uh, Uber vehicle, and we take turns driving it, and make a little money. It, it, at three hundred thousand dollars for an SUV, I, I'm probably not going to go there, even if it was Tom Brady's. So uh, let's get into reopening, if you don't mind. Um, you know, things are going, things are starting to reopen, and they're doing it in phases and so forth. And uh, a couple of things I'll mention. I know my wife's got a lot of input on this too, because she's been studying it. Um, restaurants seems to be the thing that everybody's concerned about, where they can go to a restaurant, sit at the table, you know, be in there and be safe. Or uh, I, Bars aren't really open yet, and I don't think even in restaurants where they have bars that you can sit at the bar. Um, has been interesting that uh, 
I talked to somebody at, at one of the Home Depots in the Lowe's. Those businesses are up like 30%. I guess everybody went home and all the things that were broken around their houses or needed to be fixed or repaired or updated, they picked this as the perfect time to do it. And then they all went to Home Depot or Lowe's or, you know, Ace Hardware, things like that, and uh, stood in line and um, got what they needed. So those businesses are up big. Now, I know elective surgeries are back, and they're almost back to 80% of where they were for people having elective surgeries. Uh, Hospitals are still being very careful. I know you can't walk into a hospital at all or visit somebody, a loved one there. that's not allowed. And I don't know that, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that visiting in hospitals are going to be back anytime soon. But nonetheless, elective surgery is going on um, for people that uh, decide what they want. Like, for example, they've been wanting to get a new knee or hip or something like that. Um, i tell you something else that has shocked me, Ed, is um, I thought, well, airlines, it will be years before they come back. And I saw where airline stocks were a third of what they used to be. And all of a sudden, now they're jumping. Their stocks are going up. Uh, I saw where Delta said they are going to bring back some of their laid-off uh, pilots. Their planes are, uh, they're, I think they're considering full to be half of the seats occupied. But I, from my understanding, they are being booked up left and right. And the destinations they're going to are the beaches and to Western United States. So, Ed, I'm sorry, but airlines, I mean, they're not going to be empty. They're coming back faster and quicker than anybody thought. Delta, Southwest is doing well. Now, dear, you and I talked about earlier um, some of the places I know you mentioned to me that they list as to um, things that are reopening, which ones are the most, not dangerous is not the word I'm looking for. Well, the most risk level. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So you saw some of those things, and I can't think of them. What were they? Well, some of the high-risk areas, and um, I know that the, that lot, a lot of precautions are being made, but um, going to a hair salon because you can't oh. help but get close to someone. So that was still considered a high-risk area, although a lot of men and women need their hair cut. They need their hair colored, et cetera. But that was still registered as a high risk. Some of your restaurants, of course, were, and it's uh, considered the amount of time you spent there Mm -hmm. because the longer amount of time, the more people are passing by and the more people that you are still in a a closer proximity of. So restaurants, bars, very much so. Uh, Outdoor areas, yes, same thing. Patio areas, more of a mild to moderate risk. Unless you're talking you're about in, going to a restaurant that has a patio is not as bad, right? If you're in the patio area, but again, if you're staying there a long time mm-hmm. and you're still having an influx of people in and out, you're you're raising the risk level. Uh, pools and beaches were good as far as a lower risk. Um, again, they said the water presented no problems, but if you uh, are in, was some of the beaches. Saying you go to the beach, you can lay in, you can sunbathe, but you can't get in the water. What's that about? Well, that was out in some of the West Coast areas and some of the Florida beaches because people were just hanging out in the water next to each other. Oh, well, it's, it's I different. still didn't it's, understand that. It's it's different from you just swimming 
or you're just standing there a foot from each other all chatting as people do in the water. So you just have to use common sense, but there are, there is a whole list listed online from low risk all the way up to high risk, and it all made sense to me. Uh, Ed, our buddy Chuck Ward, who owns the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe, they are reopening this weekend. The Cotton Eye Joe is reopening, and I understand that you I understand no businesses where they previously danced can dance yet. You have to keep your feet, you have to sit in your chair and stay seated. You can't get up and dance. So the Cotton Eye Joe, they're not able to dance, but they can be open. So people are going to be there and, you know, trying to get back to normal of whatever it may be. But um, no dancing allowed, which I, I don't know if you're there with your wife, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. I don't know. I, it would seem like you could kind of allow only a certain amount of people on the dance floor and they could dance. I don't know. Um, it, it, appear, it would seem to me that there are still restrictions in place. As you said, no dancing, but then what do you do with all the people that are gr- going to crowd around the dance floor? So, Anywhere, not just there. Ed, so Kim and I are going to the Cotton Eye Joe this weekend. <laughs> we're not going to dance, although we were dying to do a little two-stepping. So what's your thoughts on all this reopening? Well, Bob, here's my thoughts on the reopening. It, it, you know, I, I think some are going to reopen, some are not. I think there's a lot of businesses that's not going to reopen, and they're just hoping that things are going to get better. You're going to see a lot of changes. I saw where Crystals came out of bankruptcy, so that means they got rid of some of their high executives and some of their big costs, so they're already out of bankruptcy. However, J.C. Penney's filed bankruptcy. You're going to find a lot of companies filing bankruptcy, and the reason why they filed is to cut the cost. If you've got a if you got an executive that's making a large amount of money, or you've got you've got property someplace that are not profitable, filing bankruptcy is a way to get rid of it, and the judge will let you do that. So that's what happens. So you know, I don't think it's the end of the company, but it does. There's going to be a lot of adjustments, a lot of empty buildings in the months to come, and. Uh, a lot of opportunity because that's every when you have changes like this, it's an opportunity. So, Bob, be thinking what you and I can do to take advantage of these opportunities. I'm ready to go. Okay, Ed, and I was going to buy you an airplane ticket too, but um, you know, uh, it's. I hope that um, we can get America reopened. I hope number one that everybody stays safe. Um, I I I want to see us get back to normal and even better. The stock market seems to be as strong as ever, oddly enough. I mean, it's almost back to the levels where it was, and some stocks are hitting uh, all-time highs. So um, it's it's an interesting time. Um, the economy seems to, to be ready to burst at the seams, but some businesses, you know, and you and I have talked about it, Ed, cash flow will kill a business long before – a business not being worth something will. Um, um, if you cannot go week to week, it'll kill you. So uh, I, I have hopes that uh, all of our favorite restaurants and favorite stores and things like that will survive. Uh, I know a lot of department stores are saying that they're going to have a tough time coming back, um, but the mall is open. Uh, but, dear, even, you, you know, we've read about uh, some of the clothing stores that said it, it's going to be iffy. So, anyway, I, I know it's um, it's everybody wants to get back to normal, and everybody wants uh, 
things to be like they were, but I don't know that things will ever, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think everything's going to be exactly the same. No, I I do not believe it ever will. This is a uh, pandemic that no one could have predicted. No one even knew existed four months ago. And the thing about it is it's a a lesson in economics, perhaps. Uh, We hear about companies that go under, we hear about cash flow, and there's a good majority of people in this country that had no money. There's no more money coming in. Now what? And this is what these uh, companies experienced as well. So it got down to the the basics of the the family purse. Well, I think of anything we've seen where I think the unemployment uh, filings have bottomed out, they've said. So maybe that's a good sign. We're going to get back to normal. But, Ed, I don't know if things, a lot of these businesses will all survive. 77 days is how long we've been at it here at our house. Ed, uh, any final thoughts? Well, I think some things will never come back. But, uh, Bob, it's been a good show. It's been fun working with you. I hope you stay well, keep the family well, and everybody stay safe. And I'll see you next time, okay? Goodbye. All right, brother. Stay safe. Love you. Take care of the family there. Uh, Let's try to get this world back to normal. The Ed and Bob Show, opening America number three, has come to an end. Uh, My final thoughts are uh, take care of your family. If you know somebody that is, uh, uh, you know, that lives by themselves, uh, doesn't have a lot of people around them, we still got to remember a lot of people are having a tough time with this emotionally uh, and also financially. But see if, you know, if if you're able to help others during this time, try to do something for others or, or at least call them, the ones that are alone, text them, email them, call them, whatever you can do, or drop something off by their mailbox or, or, or send them a letter. Or you know, We've got to take care of each other. We've, we've got to do better, America. So let's move forward and um, let's get America open. Let's get the world open again and, and get back to where I know we can be. And this time, though, when we reopen, let's be better than we were before. Dear, thanks for all your help this time. Absolutely. Social distancing and uh, be smart. All right. We're out of here. The Ed and Bob Show. Opening America number three. We'll be back soon. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? Okay.